back to Thanks for Your Concern. You are here with Berenice. And Ella. How's it going, everybody? I hope that you're having a wonderful day, whichever day you are listening to this. Berenice, how are you doing? <laughs> um, well. Just well. No, um, it's been like a very interesting like week- weekend. Um, but I'm, I'm doing good. It's been kind of like a kicker. You know what I mean? Um, it's come to my attention that I may be a liar. <laughs> okay. Because so I went on a little date and I, I feel like I lied to this man, but I feel like I wasn't really trying to lie to him. I think like I was lying to myself because he was just like telling me about how he, you know, he liked these traditional relationships and he basically, he wanted like, he called it a trad wife. And I was like, oh my God, like I want to be a a trad wife, a traditional wife. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, you know how right now there's like a lot of things about like polygamy and stuff like that. And I was like, no, yeah, yeah, like, no, totally. Like, I also want to be kind of like in a traditional marriage of sorts. We talked about what that meant and like things seemed to have lined up. But then I, like, the next day I got invited to go to this place called The ba- like Basement. And it was, like, nightcrawler hours. You know what I mean? Like, like vampires. Mm-hmm. And then the next day um, I got, like, a free ticket for sudden death. And so I went to this thing where it was, like, demons. Like, really little raving demons, you know. And we were all dancing to our literal, like, sudden death wears, like, a helmet with horns, like, all his thing is just like demonic and as i sat there watching this show and seeing everybody like jump into mosh pits having the time of their life i was like mm, this is not very traditional wife like <laughs> so i did come to the realization that maybe i have been lying to myself a little bit of where i am in my life but <laughs> but okay bye, bye, bye. I didn't realize that at the same time, I'm kind of like ready to move forward per se. Like I told myself that I wouldn't try like seeing anybody, date anybody new until I was like past over done so completely over like past people because you know, how lame is it to be trying to get over somebody by just like dating somebody else? Lame behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm there. So they say when a, when a door closes, another one opens right now like 15 doors just wide open so like you know things are good i feel like i'm aligned all right i feel like traditional wife is such a loaded term but um i mean i guess like it depends what you mean by it right but it is a loaded term it is something that you got to talk about what does that mean to you because traditional wife can mean so many different things to so many different people yeah you know it's like traditional wife traditional mother I'm trying to be like so um, who's, who's traditions you know what I mean because like yeah it turns out like I could be a traditional wife to uh, like a little rape kid like like a little rave person you know and that's gonna look really different than a traditional wife to somebody else for sure what do you mean you want to be a traditional wife tell people okay um no I just said like traditional relationship like I'm really into monogamy I cannot I am not the type of person that can like have my eggs in multiple baskets like that's a lot I I don't have that much time and then like vice versa I just get anxiety like I don't like sharing I've shared enough like I'm good you know if it's a human being like I I just want like stability (laughs) I honestly I just think it's really funny that when you say traditional you just mean monogamous like that's what I think is no, I mean, obviously, there's, I like, mean, there's other 
other things where it's like family dynamics and stuff like that will like play out. But no, traditional like in this in just like the sense of like partnership, you want uh, like I would strive if I were to get married, I would strive for that shit to work. Obviously, you know what I mean. Like that. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like when I hear the word traditional wife, I feel like stay-at-home mom. It's giving... I, I did ask that. I was like, so what does that mean for you? And no, no, no. He, he, was, he was like, no, definitely want you to have your own life. And I was like, that's what we like to hear. Yeah. Well, what's the moral of the story? That you're a liar or that you're ready to settle down or what? I think the moral of the story is that I'm back on my bullshit, but... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But am I increasing my self-awareness to know where I stand with myself as things unfold rather than, like, get in deep and I'm like, ooh, I wasn't ready for this. You know what I mean? So I think, like, self-awareness is there. My delusions just need to, like, tone down a little. Yeah. 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 So that, I think that's the moral of the story for now. For now. No lying to thyself, Summer. Yeah. Yeah. What about well, you? Well, good. Yeah. What have you been good. up to? I've been I've been booked and busy. Mm, okay, yes. but uh, I was I was watching. Are you familiar with the show Alone? No. It's where they you, you would probably honestly you'd probably enjoy it. I know you're an outdoorsy um, survivalist at heart. So basically, the reality TV show is who can outlast in the Alaska wilderness for the longest. Okay, mm. they put ten people. And they give them, like, you're allowed to bring, like, seven survival items. Mm. And then you literally just got to live out there, all right, and see how long you last, right? Um, That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. I actually quite enjoy it, um, whatever. But this guy said something, and I was like, okay, I actually feel like I need to hear this. He was like, you have to enjoy the good times so that you don't regret when things hit the fan and you actually have things, like, to be sad and upset about that you didn't enjoy the good times. Oh, 100. And I was thinking about that and I was like, you know what? It's all good and it really is all good. So I feel like I, you know, I sometimes get caught up in um, wanting things to be better, you know, which I think is a good trait of mine. But uh, yeah, I've been trying to be a little bit more mindful of things are really good right now and let's just fucking enjoy it. Oh. I get that. Because we get caught on, on so many things that we want to do and we want to accomplish that we forget to, like, have fun while we're doing something that's supposed to be fun. Right now, yeah, yeah, that's my journey. I feel, like, guilty. Like, when I go out, I'm, like, could be home doing something more productive. And it's, like, girl, you work, like, 40-hour weeks. Like, you're allowed to go out. You're allowed to go out. Or I'm so booked and busy that, like, I've been doing this thing where it's, like, Pilates fucking golf baseball game fucking hike da, 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 da. i'm so booked i like am anxious because it's like okay i better finish up this hike in the allotted time i gave myself because i have something else after this you know so i'm just like i need to fucking slow the fuck down Take be a little bit less we know i'm a little anxious creature so i just need to fucking chill out it's all good and it really is i need i need to start believing that it is all good because it is all really good yeah Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Familiar feeling. Okay, so I have to share this comment. And, like, I literally have started living for our hate-ish comments. They're not really hate comments, but they kind of are, right? Like, <laughs> Are they? I don't know. I so, stay out of the comment section, to be honest. I, I, I know. I, 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 like, literally wouldn't recommend it. So, Barity say on 
episode 143 she was just talking about i think your roommate was saying she bottles up sexual energy to be more creative yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. which i think actually someone from our community said they do that too yeah. and they are a great artiste so it's a, we it's love a that thing them. it's a thing it's a thing it's a thing <laughs> but jeff retired 65 he was a union worker in Boston. He said in response to you <laughs> saving sexual energy for creativity, that's why men cheat, to redirect our energy to another pussy. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, Jeff. You s- <laughs> the thing is, like, sometimes I really think, like, as a woman, sometimes I do things that I don't represent all women. <laughs> and I try not to make us look bad, you know? <laughs> It's just so funny because I'm like, I love that we say we're trying to be creative by saving our sexual energy. And you're like, that's why I cheat. That's why I cheat, actually. Ha ha. See, it goes both ways. (laughs) So that's a good one. That's the highlight of the week. That's the highlight of the week. Um, I don't think we have time for this, but I really did want to talk about the Jonah Hill the Jonah Hill therapy because we advocate for therapy on this podcast but if you're a man and you're already thinking about manipulating a woman don't go to therapy therapy is not for the girls okay (laughs) the Jonah Hill stuff I honestly I swear to god it's really crazy because I feel like we sometimes think that celebrities are like these superhuman beings or whatever. And I'm like, dude, I've seen so many Jonah Hill situations with my girlfriends on like a little mm-hmm. level, right? Where it's like, oh, you know, I don't know. He doesn't like that I do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, why? You've always done X, Y, and Z. Oh, why doesn't he support that? We got the Kiki Palmer. It's like men right now are just really on their bullshit. And like, the thing is, the internet came about for women to be liberated, I sort of got, because <laughs> they said, give them a platform. We're going to expose them, okay? Uh, the thing with with Jonah Hill and trying to control whatever, that's like usual men behavior. My real kicker comes from the fact that, like, men are using therapy terms to try to manipulate and trying to, like, literally, like, it's a facade you know what i mean like and and i related to this because the last person um lying little man used to do this where he was like he went to therapy he used that language a lot about like boundaries and connection and um you know taking time on his own and it was all fucking bullshit it was just ways that he literally used to try to manipulate people and my father (laughs) actually when I first told him that I was like, oh, I was seeing somebody and I was like, well, one of like made my green flags is that he goes to therapy. Paco, Paco always knows. I sort of got that man. Maybe he was a menace or something, but like he was just like, mm, you should watch out for those because there's a reason they're in there and it's not always a good reason. And at the time I didn't get it, but now I do. I was thinking about like the thing that was like the biggest red flag that I thought was interesting was he was like, I'm the best boyfriend ever. And I was thinking about that episode we did with Ross, mm-hmm. the actual therapist. And it was and the title is nice guy syndrome. Cause he talks about how he's literally a specialist of therapy for men. And oftentimes it's like, he gets this like cringy feeling about guys who are think they're nice guys and so it like entitles them to women it's like i'm the best boyfriend ever i'm i can say i can have whatever boundaries i want because i'm a good guy 
Um, I did see a TikTok that was like men using uh, like psychology created by men to like manipulate women is just like next level, next right? level shit. Next level shit. We need to rethink everything <laughs> to the garbage. Literally. We'll give you an update next week. <laughs> next week. We have a great little uh we have a great episode for today oh, we're gonna talk oh, about yeah. being destructive yeah. we're talking about um life's big journey to get here right now so i'm excited are you let's get it yeah i'm excited i'm ready let's do it believe if you saw us today <laughs> that Ellen and I used to be the saddest girls <laughs> the most self-destructive like if there was a competition we'd come home with like giant trophy all right of self-destructive behavior like these two right here messy depressy selfish destructive you know was it fun i don't know but sure was funny okay yeah at the time i was like this is so fun looking back i was like was i trying to lie to myself that i was having a good time because it was the only thing that was like a different emotion from sadness probably so i think it's nice that we're out of the weeds of it (laughs) for you know, I'm out of it. I, I sometimes do, you know, we all go through our little cycles of being more sad than others. But um, definitely have changed my the way I react to tough times, especially in the past year or so. So I'm excited to kind of reflect. And I was, um, I was thinking about today. This is honestly not about being self-destructive, but it kind of is. So I was dating a boy. And one time I got drunk and I was mad he wasn't giving me enough attention. So I called him 27 times. Um, Oh, oh, typical. I woke up. It looked that I had called someone with no answer 27 times. And in my infinite wisdom, I'm like, let me break things off with him before he breaks things off with me. And I was like, perfect. Makes perfect sense. Oh. Oh, I saved that one. Yeah, I saved face there. You saved face. Did it make any sense? No, 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 no. Um, this was a pretty classic one where you self-sabotage uh, your relationship when your uh, attachment issues do come to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I've never had this one. Actually, I'm pretty good about not texting people when I'm like drunk, upset. I for the most part, sometimes, sometimes everybody gets a little bit of the, the tickle monster that comes in every once in a while. And it's like, <laughs> you should let that person know how you feel right now. You know, I, for this one, I say 24 hour policy is the best policy. They had this, at our, uh, a tryouts in, in high school. They said, after you get rejected from the team, you can't contact the coaches for 24 hours, which is just basically like, go sit with your emotions, go deal with your shit, and 24 hours later, if you have something productive to say and you still feel that way, you can come talk to me. Um, I believe this in all sorts of categories of conflict, okay? <laughs> if you feel like you got something to say, write it down, 
read it back in 24 hours, you still feel exactly that way, hit send. You wanna edit, edit, hit send. You maybe don't wanna say anything at all in 24 hours and maybe that's the best way to go. <laughs> that is uh, some amazing life advice. Uh, 24 hours is a really long time, but you probably will get a, what a great coping uh, skill, which is like wait some time and maybe you'll probably feel differently about it. I wish I had taken that advice uh, <laughs> so many times, so many times. I've sent, um, the only time I kind of do that is at work, right? Mm. It's like I could send off an email or a message, but I just chill the fuck out. And then I usually don't even care 20 minutes later. It's funny how that happens. It's funny how that happens. Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta let your ego calm down a little bit. Because most things that are like that are straight ego. Your ego is like, ah! like somebody's disrespecting us. Let's pop off. But you just have to remember like, baby, you're, you're okay. We're still a bad bitch. We're still a bad bitch. This is just an interesting situation we have to dive into later. As far as self-sabotaging, you know, um, I would say I I love to do, I used to love to do this to myself. One, a really big one, I think, for being self-destructive, at least like for me, was like anytime mm -hmm. I would get upset because I used to be massively depressed. Um, if anybody, basically, I, we lived in a sorority with like 60 other women that you had a lot of opportunities to always be out and always do something. And if you were upset or sad and you didn't want to deal with your feelings, a good way to go about it was to go to the nearest fraternity with whoever wanted to go out, even if you didn't like them. So I think I would say that my first <laughs> mistake and self-destructiveness was actually hanging out with people I didn't like because that never ended well. Like I was going out to these places to get away from bad things, but bad things kept happening because I was hanging out with like the worst people on earth. So um, it was like a cycle. It was uh, when you're yeah, self negative. Yeah, misery loves company, baby. One of my friends said this to me recently, and I just like that just like clicked in my head that I was like, wow, if you could sum up all of my like four years of college, it'd be that. Like, did I love company? And did I love other people that were just as sad as me that had the same destructive coping mechanisms as I did? Like, Elle and I were buddy-buddy because we were both like on the same bullshit. Like, it just hits different when your bestie is also unwell. And, you know, not only misery loves company, but birds of a feather flock together are kind of one of those things too where like, it's really hard when a lot of people are going through the same shit and doing the same things that you're doing. It makes it like so normalized and like, oh, this is what everyone does, right? Uh, we had this really bad saying in college that I think about, which is, oh, let's just drink about it. Yeah, that uh, it's aged like, really badly. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, like that is so yucky. Uh, let's and not. to be honest, yeah, let's not drink about yeah, it. Yeah, let's not drink about it. Uh, to be honest, like. I've talked about it. Like, I'm sober, not drinking, will never drink again, fucking knock on wood. But I just think about that saying, like, oh, let's drink about it. And what would we drink about? We would drink about, like, fucking wins. Even when we were excited, we're like, we had such a good week. We got all of our shit done. Let's go out, you know? And then we would do, when bad things happen, let's drink about that, too. And then kind of everything in between. Um, and 
we kind of had to go through some heavy shit in college. Like, it was not easy. Uh, I feel like that was just kind of how we coped at the time. And finally, we figured things out. But it makes sense considering, like, all the shit that was going on. Well, I would say about substances because... I feel like it started pretty young. Like, obviously, you start, like, experimenting with whatever you want to experiment when you're younger. And one of the big things was, like, alcohol. But when you are doing that and you are creating these habits that may carry on to college, to past college, like, a lot of people are actually creating, like, substance abuse issues (laughs) without you realizing it because there's not a lot of education that goes into that, like, really early on in your life because there's a lot of hush-hush around it, right? Which I actually think is a disservice to the youth of America, (laughs) okay? So I, I will say that if... As somebody who used to be super self-destructive, hang out in self-destructive groups. If you're in an environment that encourages that behavior, you need to get out. And I like vividly remember living in our sorority and my dad coming by and he was like, I can't believe you live here. Like you have to get out of here. And at the time, like I saw it, but I didn't really see it. And I was just like, oh yeah, like I'm sitting literally in like... I don't even know how to explain it other than the fact that like it it's just impossible to get out of a bad cycle when the cycle is like you're literally sitting you know that that roller coaster that just spins 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 you're yeah, right you surf, yeah. yeah you're just in the middle chilling there and there's no way to get out and you're trying to get better but you're literally closed off you're closed off and i'm not saying like you can't stop drinking while you're in a sorority or in like a toxic environment like obviously you can but it does make it a lot more challenging when you're placed around the same people that are encouraging the same type of behavior and also if you see maybe like some of your friends are struggling if you notice it and they have friends who are encouraging their behavior rather than being like let's take a step back I think it's totally okay to call him out. Um, And this actually happened to me kind of recently. Like somebody was like, I feel like you're enabling. And I was just like, how so? And, you know, they explained to me what I was doing. And I really had to take a step back and see how my behavior was actually like. Because for me, maybe, maybe saying like, let's be unhinged. Let's be whatever. That can be, for me, mean something different from than somebody else. If I tell somebody, like, let's be unhinged, and their version of unhinged is, like, drinking a fifth that day and, like, falling and blah, 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 like, that is me encouraging their behavior, even though I meant, like, unhinged in a different way for me. So you just really have to, like, reflect on how you're doing that. And I think, like, when we were in college particularly, I saw a lot of my friends encourage, like, other friends to do like stuff that was harming them. And I called out a lot of people. I was like, you complain a lot about some people's behavior for you to tell them to keep drinking and then be mad at them about it later. So maybe don't encourage them to drink because then you're talking shit. I've been thinking about this quote that Oprah Winfrey, well, it's Oprah Winfrey and then Brianna Weist also, which is like the world whispers to you and a lot of us don't pay attention until it's screaming. And, like, I kind of remember this moment in college. That was probably five, it was 2015, 
oh shit, that was a long time ago, but 2015 and just really realizing that like, man, this is not a great way for me to deal with my emotions, like just running away from it or not facing like negative emotions. Um, and I didn't listen at the time. Right. And we all listen our own times, but I wish someone at the time had been like, Hey, you know, that little whispering voice that's telling you that this is not good for you. You should listen to that. And I think this comes in with a lot of different things. Like I think a lot of people can feel this when they're in a relationship. Like they hear a little whisper, like, I'm not sure about this. Like it's a little whisper, but they don't break up the person until it's like the world is screaming at them that they need to break up with this person. And you could say that with like me with negative emotions, like, Hey, maybe like, this isn't good. Like maybe this isn't a good way to deal with this. You should probably talk to a therapist, but I didn't listen then. It was when it was like fucking screaming and the world is on fire that I finally listened. And everyone like comes to that at its own time. But it's like, we have these, this intuition about things that are happening to us and we don't listen. I agree. And I think like sometimes when you're feeling down, spiraling a little bit, it feels like you don't have control over your life. And I think that's when you actually have to take a step back instead of like falling into your own patterns because everybody can be like self-destructive, but kind of like sit in your feeling. And if your first like instinct is like, let me call a friend so I don't have to be alone, be like, okay, um, instead of maybe going out, what is something else that I could do that maybe is going to feel rewarding to yourself? And that can be like anything. Like sometimes if I sit down and I can get to read like 20 minutes out of my book, afterwards I'm feeling like so good about myself, right? So like it could really be any activity or anything that's going to make you feel a little better in that moment. You don't have to fix everything, but it is like that that first urge of being like, oh, I, sh- I should just do this because it's like, it's almost like you're seeking like, an easy fix to a solution that is not gonna pay out in the long run. And I would say anytime that I have like drank while I'm already upset, I just end up more sad. Like I'll come home and sob about it. And then I was like, yes, I'm sad about that. But like now I feel like I may, I intensified my feelings like 10 times worse by like drinking about it or by like not letting myself sit with my feelings and like doing that a little bit more productively. Yeah, it's a short-term solution that actually doesn't lead towards long-term coping, I guess. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different ways. There's this really interesting... Brene Brown has done a lot of research on this, on, like, the numbing that we do as a society. And people do it in a variety of different ways. But um, it's just trying us trying to numb negative feelings. And sitting with those feelings are... It can be really fucking difficult. That's why I tell people that they should go to therapy. And I don't mean that in, like, a condescending way. But, like, there's some hard fucking feelings that it's very hard to feel. So I kind of get the, like, I don't want to feel this. But um, I think I've learned specifically in this past year um everything kind of cycles through right we have a wheel of emotions bad feelings don't last forever just like good feelings don't last forever but if you kind of like do something productive when a bad feeling happens kind of like what you're saying like you know there's lots of different ways you can do it you can go take a bath you can go on a walk go pilates class you could go whatever it is for you but um i think we overestimate how long being sad is going to last. You know, we're like, this is going to feel like this forever. And it probably isn't, right? Like, you can feel bad for long periods of time, like years, right? <laughs> like, there's also bad times that you're only going to feel bad for 30 minutes. 
But if you don't get your give yourself the opportunity to feel that, then you're never going to really know, right? 100%. And if you're sitting there and you're thinking, I'm always sad. Ah, boy, have I been there, okay? I, mm-hmm. like me, Tumblr aesthetic, think Lana Del Rey, I'm sitting in my feelings, I'm this torture artist, I feel like I'm never going to not be sad. That's not real. And like creating chaos for myself, right? Because those were the things that I literally grew up around. I was accustomed to chaos. And I thought that that's what drove me or like, I guess, inspired me. But really, it was just what's keeping me in a dark place. And I really believe that the second I started believing that I deserved peace, okay? I deserved peace and stability and just like calmness. I was able to sometimes step away from like, oh, I can already foresee this situation being super fucking chaotic and I can make the cognitive decision to engage or not. You are in control of your actions, all right? Just remember that. Like at the end of the day, you can have every feel, every bad feeling in the world, but you are the only person in control of your actions. So if you're sitting in your feelings for years, for months, whatever, and you're not changing that, that pattern, it's not gonna change and it's not gonna get better. And change can be hard. And if a big life change seems too hard, dude, do a temporary change. Like I, you know, I know from my experience and like other people's experience, I had this friend who smoked a lot of weed, right? Is that objectively bad? It is, it is, it is. And that's not really my business. But they took a really long tea break, like full year, because they were like, maybe this thing is hurting, like, making my anxiety horrible, right? So they quit smoking for a year. Found out after a year, it wasn't just the weed, (laughs) it was some other shit. And so they went back to smoking weed. But it's like, if you need to take a tolerance break, if you are like, I don't want to go to therapy forever, go for three months. If you want to, I don't know, there's just so many things where it's like, can just commit for a short amount of time and see how that feels if you can't tackle forever, right? Like if you want to make a short change for three weeks just to see how it feels, just do that, okay? We can all commit to like doing something for even a day or a week. And a lot of this also comes into the self-care part that I feel like totally like undervalued. Like I think a lot of the capitalism is co-op self-care so that you're spending money. I'm, I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of being real, but like, Baby, just make sure that we're taking care of our, like, most basic necessities of being, like, fed, cleaned, and clothed, and go from there. If we can just try and tackle those. I love that, and those are definitely things that you can do for yourself that are the outside world. Um, I would also say do self-care emotionally. If there are people you need to draw boundaries with, that is a type of self-care, okay? Like if people are either stressing you out because of so-and-so or if your family members are pulling you in a lot of different emotional directions and it's adding to stress, you need to start having some conversations as a way of self-care. Like really think like this is for me to take care of me. One thing that was really hard for me to do is like ask for help or let people know when I'm struggling. Because I don't know, I feel like I've always put on like, I'm happy face, even though like my life is in shambles and I feel like shit. And it's still difficult, but like letting somebody know that you're actually like not doing well is is like actually really liberating. And it, also if they care about you, they're going to be like, oh, how are my actions like maybe adding to this toll, right? And then being like, actually like this whole situation is stressing me out and I need to take a step back. 
um, letting somebody know that I think will also release some of the anxiety that's like, well, at least they know that their actions are doing this to me and maybe they'll also contribute to not stressing you out any further. I feel like if you know you're mentally ill, like act accordingly, like be fucking for real about some shit. Yeah. Like what is going to help? Cause I think like so often I know that I've done this where I'm like, Oh, well, you know, I'm just an anxious little beaver. I'm a depressy, messy girl. Sure. I am. We can ex- radically accept that, but let's be fucking for real. Um, drinking's not going to help. No. Binge eating's not going to help no. me locking myself in my room for six weeks and not talking to anybody and not taking care of myself. That's That's certainly not going to help. Right. And look at, you know, if, and you have to have a desire to want to change. And if you do have a desire, want to change, just look at your actions and say, is this helping me or is this hurting me? Yeah. You got to take like a little mental inventory of what is hurting you because if you continue to do the things that hurt you, it's not going to make you feel better, obviously. The things that have to change are the things that you're doing to yourself that are hurting you. And some things are more obvious than others. And I think sometimes like mm-hmm. walking away from friendships that are not productive is really hard. Um, but definitely sitting down and maybe jur- this is a good journal. Like what are the things in my life that are like pushing me forward? And what are the things in my life that are keeping me where I am? If you want to go somewhere per se, and you gotta be, you're gonna make some challenging decisions, and you gotta take some actionable steps. What I wish someone had told me back in college or whatever, um, when I was like kind of making like I guess like a lot of bad choices. They weren't huge bad choices. They weren't like the choices that you look at. Like, I don't know, like the decision to go to college or not to go to college, that seemed like a big choice. And it seemed like it was really easy for me to make that choice. We make like little choices every day. And I wish that like, yes, individually, this one choice didn't change my whole life. But when I make a bunch of little choices, it kind of lays the pathway for like where I'm going in life. And I guess like for like shirking responsibility or not taking care of myself one day does it doesn't make a huge impact but if i make those same choices every single day for three years my life is going to be in a very different place than if i had made different choices and so kind of like there's a cause and effect from every choice that you make and i kind of like to think about like everything everywhere all at once that movie if you aren't familiar it's basically that there's like very many universes that exist it's not like time travel it's that like every choice branches off into a different version of reality and where do I want to go? What version of reality do I want for myself? And what choices do I need to make to get there? Or what choices am I going to make that's going to lead me down a path of despair? I don't know. I'm not trying to make it that heavy. But, like, you know, we, we make choices every day. And the choices build up until they're a freaking house or a wall. I, I love that. I do love that. Um, I think something that I would say per se to my younger self and still say to myself now is that growth isn't linear. And like sometimes when we build these bad habits, even though we have stepped out of them and we have like gotten different coping mechanisms and different types of behavior, um, we can still fall back into these every once in a while. And I think you don't have to beat yourself up about it. You can just have a little bit of self-compassion 
just be self-compassionate. It happens. Some of us like struggle with these things. I struggle with these things. Like one day I'm feeling really down and I'm like, you know, Vernice, let's not go out. Let's go to the gym. Let's do this. Let's do that. And that can be really cool. But then maybe you and the weekend comes and you are on a bender and you're just like, ugh, I feel like shit because I just did the thing that I didn't want to do. So it happens like to all of us, like people have relapses, people have all sorts of shit that goes down. And I think it's about how you rally right out of those things. Because once you take a, you take a falter, you take a step down, it's easier, honestly, to keep going fucking down until you reach rock bottom. And it's about how you rally. We all love a good redemption story. So if you see yourself falling, ask for help. <laughs> Take a step back. Change it up. Change it up. If you see the pattern, if you see it, you recognize it, be like, girl, we've been here before. Are we going to do it again? Or are we going to step it up? I, I've, been, I've been loving journaling recently. And I looked back on my journal like three months ago uh, and to hear. And I'm like, oh, baby girl is doing so much better. And I'm or and I'm 29, and I go through the ebbs of flow of being clinically depressed and what that fucking means. But uh, yeah, it's like I'm 29, and I'm still figuring shit out. But I feel like the reason why I'm looking forward to my 30s is because I I predict I will be the most mentally well that I have ever been because I am doing the most I've ever done to be mentally well. <laughs> uh, so. We hope that it just, like, continues to go forward. But I'm also just, like, I'm really trying to prepare myself for, like, worse times, if that makes sense. Like, I know there's going to be, like, life is just bad things happen to good people. And there's things that happen that are unavoidable. Um, but I'm just trying to, like, be in a good place so that I'm more prepared for when bad things happen. Because I know, in the, like, in my past, I had bad shit happen to me. And I already was kind of teetering on mentally unwell. So the bad shit was like over the edge. Yeah, just <laughs> like the iceberg. It was just the last straw on the camel's yeah. back. You know, like yeah. if you're already mentally unwell, you not knowing how you're going to pay for college the next year becomes so like daunting, daunting and crippling overwhelming. and overwhelming. Yeah. So, you know, I people go through different things at different times. And sometimes I'm very thankful. I was so mentally unwell in my early twenties, believe it or not, because <laughs> I feel like it kind of gave me like a before and after snapshot on the reality of like, how do you prepare for when shit goes bad and shit hits the fan? You don't life be life. You don't life be life thing. And you just got to mm -hmm. take it one day at a time. And nobody knows what you're going through, but you, unless you communicate that to people and I really do mean that like recently I've been feeling pretty overwhelmed and I think like I recognized it and it was feeling like burnout and then you know you talk to your family you talk to people and they don't really know like what your day-to-day -day looks like like they don't have a glimpse on that unless I share that I think it's easier for people to be like well just do this or just do that or just like focus and it's like oh, bitch like I've been focusing <laughs> you know like it, it and yeah, so communication to you, the people surrounding your life, I think, is it's just really important to let them know where you're at. I agree, and another thing that we I talked about in therapy was a lot of people judge their inner self on other people's outer selves. So I think we sometimes are like, we don't want to share what's going on inside because we think this person has it all together. 
but we don't know what they have going on. And most people can relate to everyone's felt these human emotions of like sadness, overwhelmed. And I've found a lot of people can actually relate to me more than I'm willing. I think I gave people credit for because, you know, I think for people who've gone through trauma, you think it's only happened to you. But then you talk to people and you open up and you find out people have very similar things happen. So opening up to the people that are close to you, they're close to you for a reason. They want to be there for you emotionally. And then this kind of, if you're not struggling, maybe just reach out to a friend and ask them how they're doing because you never know who's struggling, you know? Yeah. And be a good friend. If you see your friend struggling, maybe do some wholesome activities, change it up. If you recognize their patterns of self-destructive behavior and you see them doing it, don't engage. I think like this one was a really big one in college because you want to have fun, but you know your friends are struggling. And I think like we all come into a little bit of a fault to encouraging sometimes and enabling people's behavior. But I think we can push to be better friends to our friends and make sure that they're okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, to our TED Talk. Thanks for coming to our TED Talk today about being self-destructive. Um, you can always grow as a person or you can always fall back into your habits. But regardless, like, just focus on, like, taking it one day at a time because some things get a little rough, okay? And that's okay. Things get rough. We have highs. We have lows. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in life right now that I think are they're affecting a lot of people. They're affecting a lot of marginalized mm-hmm. communities, okay? There's a lot going on. So take care of yourself. Protect your space, your mental health. And... It's okay to take a break. That's all we have for today, okay? Thank you so much for listening. I hope you liked it. You learned something. You related. Or you may be seeing like, oh my God. <laughs> what did they say? This is, that, that comment was like, oh, this is mental illness. Period. Yeah, period. <laughs> I mean, also, just a little light at the end of the tunnel, babes. Hopefully it gets better. If you're at rock bottom, that's the bottom, babe. Only up, <laughs> only up. That's that's the thing. Eventually, it, it's gotta go up at some point, right? Like if you go down, 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 at some point it's gotta go up, just maybe a little bit. Just maybe you find a dollar on the ground, you'll figure it out. <laughs> you'll figure it out. Everything's gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay. <laughs> We're gonna be okay. All right, everybody. Please subscribe. Um, <laughs> I hope this one wasn't a downer. <laughs> please subscribe, keep listening. Um, and please go follow us on social media. We're at things number four, your concern. And I'm at Bernice ADSN. And I'm at Ella L. Tudor. We'll see you next week. Bye.